Okay, let's get into Parsha's Balak, Tavshin Ayin Dalid. Again, second week here from uh, from Cam Kaley. And um, just start off with a, a well-known, very short story that uh, they say about Rabbi Levine. It's really a w- one-liner, not really a story, but uh, one-liner by Levine when he came to the doctor once and with his wife, and his wife wasn't feeling well. And they say to the doctor, says to them, what's wrong? And Rabbi Levine says, our leg hurts. Our leg hurts. It's a famous comment of Rabbi Levine. Again, uh, Klai Yisrael had a very tough day today in terms of uh, the pain that uh, that we all felt upon hearing of the uh, three Kedoshim that died Al-Kiddush Hashem, that were killed Al-Kiddush Hashem, all of the learning that we do tonight for for Shabili uh, Ili Nishmas, Eyal, Gelad, Naftali, and our, our, all of Klai Yisrael, our leg hurts. That's all we could say. So I'll react to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Hashem should bring Yeshua's Benachamos for Klal Yisrael. Okay. Let's get into Parshas Balak. We'll start off with a an appreciation of a Rashi. We read a Rashi. Rashi tells us, talk uh, in more in, in general about Bilam in, uh, in a couple of minutes, but we'll start off with a Rashi. says Rashi, right when the Donkey starts being difficult for Bilam. In Perach of Beis, Pasach of Dalit. Ve'yamod Malach Hashem b'mishola kramim. The Malach Hashem, which Bilam did not see yet, stood in the vineyard. Gader mizeh gader mizeh. A fence on this side, a fence on that side. And what does Rashi say? Gader mizeh gader mizeh. Gistam geder shelavanimhu. You should know that the geder is stone. It's a stone geder. It's a stone fence. Rashi quotes, you should know it's a stone fence. And the question is, what is Rashi coming to tell us? Thank you, it's a stone fence. It wouldn't make a difference if it was a wooden fence. Would it make a difference if it was a, a, a fence of, of bushes? No, a stone fence. But to emphasize that there was no room to get by, that there was, there was no place to squeeze. So there is a thought that's mentioned here by in the... But they told us Yitzchak in the Mayana Shal Torah, just a one-liner, and that is as follows. This Rashi is cluing us in to a little bit of Jewish history and looking back at Bilam's ancestors. And that's what's being hinted and alluded to by Geder Shalavanim. Source number one. Let's think back a couple of generations. Yaakov Avinu made a treaty with an ancestor of Bilam Arasha. Remember the treaty, the bris that Yaakov Avinu made with Lavan. After Lavan came and was chasing after him to get his daughters back, they made a matzeva. What did they do there? It was a gal shalavanim. It was a stone pile. Oh, we can't, we can't encroach on each other's positions. And Bilam, Bilam, it was a neched, Nino, a great, great, great grandson, shalavan arami. He was the first one that violated the bris. And that is why, because the bris was made with stones, so So it's the stones themselves that stop bringing the downfall of Bilam Rasha. Dafka, the Bilam, an ancestor of Lavan, who had promised with stones... So stones start the process of Bilam's downfall, the brachos that he gave to Am Yisrael, and obviously, the, eventually, in a couple of parshias, when he is killed, that is what the, the hint of the Rashi of Geder Shalavanim is taking us back in um, parshios, many, many, many generations. Okay, let's get back to general discussions. Bilam is a unique individual, very difficult individual to put our finger down on in terms of the Torah Shebech Sav. Torah Shebech Peh is very clear what type of person Bilam was, but Torah Shebech Sav is not. Noach, we've mentioned in the past, is someone to put your heart to put your finger on in Torah Shebech Sav or in Torah Shebech Peh. But Bilam is pretty clear. Says Rav Chaim Shmulevitz, two points about Bilam in general that we have to learn about Bilam. So if you think about Bilam, he was an amazing person. A unique person, not in the good sense. 
but he was very unique. In what way was he unique, and what can we learn from Bilam Arasha? I think we might have quoted this in a different context, in a different parsha, but we'll do it here now. The Demus of Bilam teaches us, It is possible for us to be spiritually schizophrenic. It's possible for us to have contradictory elements within us. It can be so clear on the one hand, and it can be so blurry on the other hand. The same person can have light and darkness. Extremes. Let's think about Bilam. The Gemara in Brachas tells us Bilam was unbelievably smart. He knew exactly when HaKadosh Baruch would get angry. The exact moment. How could you know that? How can you know when there will be divine anger? How do you know that? Only Bilam knew that. Nobody else knew that. And the Gemara tells us the Kodesh Baruch didn't get angry during that whole time. But he knew when Hashem should be getting angry. So he, was a, he was an amazing person. Yodeya Das Elyon. Right, that's what the Pasuk refers to. Right? As the Medrash tells us, he reached the level of Nevuah of Moshe. It's one of the Animamins. Nobody can be like Moshe Rabbeinu. And yet Bilam reached his level of Nevuah, says the Gemara, says the Medrash. As the Pasuk says, at the end of the Torah, Amongst Israel, amongst Am Yisrael, there was no Nevuah like Moshe. But amongst Umos Haolam there was Umanu Bilam. See, he was Yodea Das Elyon. He was an unbelievable Navi, and what did it do to him? Nothing! That's what was so amazing. He had this unbelievable Koach. Ume Idach, Huayazesh, a paratis Hagdari. He broke down every barrier, every limitation, every guard that human beings should act with. He broke all of them. He was totally hefker in his personal life. Right? What did he do to Am Yisrael? He brought Zima to Am Yisrael. Yeah, that was him. He was the worst and the, the lowliest of the low. As we talk about, the Gemara talks about the bestiality that he was involved in. This was, this was Bilam. Bilam was a Yodea Das Elyon. There was so much awe but he was also involved with his animals. And there was so much choshech. What happened? Says of Chayesh Belevitz, if we don't, if we don't work for something, if we don't push for it ourselves, it doesn't affect us. It doesn't shape us. It doesn't mold us. If something is given to us, it doesn't have the effect. Yegiya kapecha kisochel ashrecha v'tovlach. If it's Yigiya Kapecha, then Ashrecha Vitovlach, then it's good for me. If not, if it's just given to me, he says, then it's not going to have an effect. What does Chazal say? Rashi quotes it in Parshish B'Shalach. Rasa Shivcha Layama Shalorah Yecheskel Ben Buzi. The Shivcha, the lowly maidservant at the Yamsuf, saw what Yecheskel Ben Buzi wasn't Zoha to see. Yecheskel Ben Buzi, who saw the Maisa Merkava in Yecheskel Paragav Aleph. Yecheskel, and yet, the Shifcha at the Yamsuf, so even more. The divine revelation at Yamsuf was something that was unprecedented. The Afalpikain, and yet, what did Shifcha become after Kriyas Yamsuf? She stayed a Shifcha. Shifcha al Hayam, we don't have any record of maidservants becoming Nevios overnight. The Afalpikain, a Shifcha, Nishara Shifcha, Imkal Nekloso Bechisusa, why? Because it was given to her. It was a matan of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. I'll give you this divine revelation. Let's see you work with it. Let's see if you want to build on it. Or you just go with it. And she stayed a Shifcha. On the other hand, Yechezkel. Yechezkel did not see what the Shifcha saw at Yamsuf. But Yechezkel was Yechezkel Hanavi. And that's the difference. Sha'alov and his alami madregal and madrega. Ajazakhar is my samarkava. Because he worked on himself. And he didn't just take what a Kaddish Baruch Hu gave him, but whatever Kaddish Baruch Hu gave him, he used it to get even higher. Vyapshalorah Masharasa Shifchalayam, 
Hayanavi Elokim, he was a Navi of Akarish Baruch. And that's exactly what the problem with Bilam was. He did not work for it. He was brilliant. Akarish Baruch, who, just to be fair, gave Nevuah to one in Umos Olam. But look what he did with it. Look what he didn't do with it. Avodas Adam line twenty two. It's not a question if somebody is given unbelievably godly gifts. Many many people in life have has tremendous gifts from Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Whether it's brains, whether it's organizational skills, whether it's oratory skills, whatever it is, Hakadosh Baruch Hu gives them kochos. But that's 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 what Hakadosh Baruch Hu does. What do I do for Hakadosh Baruch Hu? The next step. We have to take it and act like a Yechezgel and act like a Bilam because Bilam had unbelievable gifts but he used them for nothing. That's on the one hand. Point number one of the Sichas Mus. But then there's point number two. A separate point but it's in the same piece. We, I skipped a paragraph or two. Towards the bottom. Oh, Nil Mami Parshazu. Right, you see the title of this piece is His Bonanus Parshaz Bilam. A couple of thoughts as I think about Bilam. This was number one. Number two. Second idea. Oh, nilman mi parshazu towards the bottom. Kihinei al af heyos bilam navi vishama viyada as dvar Hashem. Bilam was a navi, and he heard and he knew the dvar Hashem. Mikomakom still, still. Hinei af al heyos bilam a navi shama viyada dvar Hashem mikomakom kisha amar la kadosh baruch hu lo selechi mahem. When Hashem said, and this is what I alluded to before, if you look in the Torah Shevich Sav, you don't get as clear of an impression of the character of Bilam as Chazal give us. They fill in the blanks. What does Bil- the Pazak say? Hashem says to Bilam, don't go. Bilam turns to the sorry Balak and say, Hashem doesn't let me go. So it sounds like, okay, he's listening. But what does Chazal say on that? Hashem doesn't let me go with you guys. You're not on my level. I need some more hush of people. You know, to go with you is pasnished for me. You know, I need some more real mechubad people. You know, not like you guys. Hashem said, don't go. But this is how Bilam interpreted and said to the Sarei Balak what he heard. As Rashi quotes, Sarim Gedolim Mikem. Was this Bilam making up a story? Suggest what no. This is what he was convinced that HaKadosh Baruch Hu meant. Because in life, we hear what we want to hear. And we don't hear what we don't want to hear. Especially if it has to do with our own behavior and our own spiritual state. He didn't want, he couldn't admit. And he didn't want to tell others for sure that he was in Bereshus HaKherim, that he had no control over his own actions. Shama upirish kenes mamar Hashem. He heard, he heard a certain mamar. Shekol kavanas HaKadosh Baruch Hu Hashem knows I'm so awesome and I'm so great. That's why he wanted me to go with you. That's what he heard. He was such a Balgaiva that that's what he had convinced himself. Shank fodol ha'alochim sarim gudolim b'chashuvim me'elav. And that's, that's a mida. That's a, that's a human... A human attribute. We see, we hear what we want to hear. I'll throw in another example. We see what we want to see. One of the most amazing psukim in all of the Torah. Before Kriyas Yamsuk, we just mentioned it before. There was a strong east wind. There was a strong wind and the war, and the, the, the sea split. The Medrash says it was, it was Nachshom and Aminada, but according to the text, it wasn't. Moshe lifted up the Mata and the sea split. The wind, the, the, the wind made the sea split. What did the Mitzrayim do? One of the most amazing psukim in the entire Torah. The very next Pasuk, the Mitzrayim ran into the Yamsuf, chasing Am Yisrael. They ran in. What, what, what did they see in front of them? Rasa Shifchalayam, Ashalaroya, Cheskel Ben Buzi. They're witnessing Kriyas Yamsuf. They saw what they wanted to see. It was a very strong tide that day. And it really was pulled to the side. That's what they wanted to see. And therefore they were convinced of it. That there was no danger to go into the Yams of following Am Yisrael. Because after all, this is just what's happening. It's a natural occurrence. It says of Chayesh Levitz with this idea of we see what we want to see, we hear what we want to hear, it helps us explain the Gemara Masechah's Gittin. 
and a Sefer Ha'aruch, as we'll see in a second. It's quoted there, the next page on top. Story of Rav Ilish. Rav Ilish Ishtaboy. Rav Ilish was taken captive. There was a man that was sitting next to him. There was a man next to Rav Ilish that knew how to understand the conversations of the birds. Like Shalom HaMelech. He could understand the birds. Asa Urva. There was a raven that flew by and called. Rav Ilish says to him, My Kamar. What did that raven say? So this person says, Ilish Barach, Ilish Barach. Ilish, run away. Ilish, run away. That's what the bird said. Omar, Rav Ilish says to himself, Urva Shikrahu, Velosamchina Alei. Oh, ravens are always liars. Can't rely on that. Can't rely on that. Adahachi, meanwhile, Asayona Vakakarya, a dove flew by and started chirping. Amalei, my camera. What that? What that dove say? Amalei, Ilus Barach, Ilus Barach, Ilus, run away. Amar. So he says to himself, Knesses Yisrael Kiyona Mesila. Knesses Bnei Yisrael are compared to a dove. There is Gemara's story about. If you remember, Elisha Bakanafayim, he had the wings of doves in his hand. Says the Gemara here. Rav Ilish says, Ah, oh, this must be true. Because Bnei Yisrael compared to a dove, Shmabina Misrachish Linisa, it must be an Asa's going to happen to me, and he takes it as a message to run away. Says Rabbi Kivayger on that Gemara in the Gilyan Ashas, he quotes the Sefer Ha'aruch. The Aruch says there, see on line six, Baruch Hevi Misug Yizudur of Ilish Yada Sichas Ophos. The Aruch says, you know what you see from this Gemara? There of Ilish knew the language of the birds. The Kvari Sigu Beseder Adoros. And the Achronim, the Aruch is a Rishon, right? The early Rishon, quoted by Bali Atosvas. Say, says Rabbi Kivayger, the Achronim wonder about the Aruch. This Gemara proves just the opposite. Their village doesn't know the language of the birds. What is the Aruch talking about? The Aruch says that, ah, oh, this Gemara proves their village knew the language of the birds. No, that's the point. He had to ask this other person, what are the birds talking about until he heard? So what does the Aruch mean? That he, oh, he knew the language of the birds. How could he say that? It's just the opposite. Suggests Rav Chaim Shmulevitz Venira, I think, with our understanding of Bilam Arasha, we have shot of the Sefer Ha'arach. Shehok Shalarach Koshya... Oh, I'm sorry, I skipped. Ula Yashiv line 8. Debrei Ha'arach HaTemuim. To explain the Arach, he says, look in the question of the Maharsha on that Gemara. The Maharsha asks... Just like the Rav Ilish did not believe the Orev when he said Ilish Barach, Ilish Barach, because Oraves lie sometimes, why did he believe this person? This person, right, he assumes he was non Jewish, he is, doesn't have a cheskaskashas, maybe the bird was lying, maybe, maybe everybody, maybe the person was lying in his interpretation of what the bird was saying. Basically, the Marshal was saying, how did he believe anything? So maybe suggest Rav Chaim Shmulevitz, this is what the Aruch was bothered by. How do you believe anything? The Alkain, and therefore, Really? Rav Ilish knew Sichas Ha'ofos. He knew exactly what the birds were saying. But you know what? Sometimes we hear only what we want to hear. Sometimes we're not being objective. Sometimes, you know, if I hope for something, I, I might see that, I might hear that. So he knew. He was just looking for confirmation. He wanted an objective outside opinion to confirm what he heard because he wanted to know that it wasn't just what he wanted to hear. He wanted to know it was, it was what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted him to hear. And therefore, the whole Gemara only works out if a village knew Sichas Ophos. If he didn't, how can he trust anybody? So if he knew Sichas Ophos, then you understand why he was asking. In order to get the objective opinion, and in that way, he was able to then realize that he wasn't just hearing what he wanted to hear, but he heard what was actually being said. Mavur, the last paragraph, Makan Yesod Zeh, Sheteva Ha'adam Lishmoa, Masharot Lishmoa, 
It's all about we hear what we want to hear. And the greatest Amoraim also heard, were worried that they only heard what they wanted to hear and therefore they took those precautions. So we have it by Bilam, we have it by the Mitzrayim, by Kriyas Yamsuf. You see what you want to see? And we have it by by um, Rav Ilish as well. Again, it's something that comes up, the Gemara of the beginning of Sechus Brachas as well, that if the, the Gemara tells us that if Makas Bacharis would have happened at 12.01 and not 12 o'clock, all the Mitzrayim would have said, ah, oh, what a coincidence. 12.01, their, their clock might have been off by a minute. The Gemara says, ah, oh, they would have thought it was a coincidence. Again, we hear what we want to hear, we see what we want to see. Okay, moving right along. Another general point about Bilam before we get to some specific psukim. If we were to ask, who is the foil? Who is the foil of Bilam? Who is the opposite person? If we would contrast Bilam to somebody else in the Torah, who would it be? So usually, Moshe Rabbeinu. Like we quoted the Medrash in the end of the Torah before. Moshe Rabbeinu. Right? There was no other Navi in Am Yisrael like Moshe, but in, in uh, Umos Ha'olam there was, and that was Bilam. So we usually would contrast it, contrast him with Moshe. But if you look at the evidence, there is cumulative evidence that Bilam could contrast to someone else. And that could give us a deeper insight into the pernicious nature of who Bilam was and what he was trying to do. Rabbi Ganak writes in his Sefer, in source number four, he compiles a number of Chazals that we just have to put together. We all know the Chazals. But just put them together and we see that Bilam is contrasted with someone else. Let's start with the Psukim. What does the Pasuk say right here? Perachov, Beis, Pasuk, Vav. V'yatolach, Hanar, Elias, Amazeh. Ki atzumu mimen, Yuhayu Chalnakepo. V'gashen amin Ares. Right, when Balak talks to Bilam, what's his last line? Ki adati, Eis asher tivarech mivarach. V'asher ta'or you are. We have, where have we have a similar Pasuk in the Torah before? Got to think back all the way back to the beginning. It's almost the exact same words. And what does that Kodesh Baruch Hu tell Avram Avinu at the beginning of Parshas Lech Lecha? Va'avarcha mevarachecha u'makalelcha a'or v'nivrechuvacha k'omishpachosu adama. You are in charge of brachas and klalas, that Kodesh Baruch Hu says to Avram Avinu. What does Balak say to Bilam? You are in charge of brachas and klalas. Bilam versus Avram Avinu. That's the contrast. We continue. Balak, let's let's read uh, his words first, then we'll talk more about it. Balak hechshivas Bilam kishave b'maylo dargaso shel Avram Avinu. Balak thought of Bilam on the level of Avram. We'll have to see why Avram. Ubilam atzmo ras atzmo kimitcharev b'Avram Avinu. He himself saw saw that he was a competition to Avram. Balam b'Moshe Rabbeinu. Why? Avraham was? He was the prince. He was respected by all around him. Bilam thought of himself. Everybody respects me. All the, all the Nisiyim, all of the Muchubadim, come to me to give me, to give me kavod. Where else do we see the connection to Avraham? What did Bilam do in every spot where he wanted to curse the Jews? What's the first thing he did? He built seven Mizbachos. Seven Mizbachs. Why seven? Where does that come from? As a shivas hamizbech arachti va'al So look at Rashi. Rashi line ten quotes Rashi as shivas hamizbechos the seven mizbechs with the heyayidia the altars shiva mizbechos arachti ein ksivkan. It doesn't say seven mizbechos. Ella shivas hamizbechos the seven. Amar lefanav. Avoseim shall elu banu lefanecha shiva mizbachos. The forefathers of these Jews built seven. Vi'ani arachti connected kulam, and I'm going to be connected all of them. Avram built four. Yisrael built one. Yaakov bought two. Va'al par va'ayil b'mizbeach. Why am I bringing a par and an ayil? For Avram lohela ela ayil echad. Avram only brought an ayil. I'm bringing a par and an ayil. I'm one better. I'm better than Avram Avinu. Or what does Rashi say? Okay, just put all the Rashis together. He saddled his donkey. He, the great Bilam, personally saddled his donkey. What does Rashi quote? Sina mikalkelas asashura. Hatred 
makes people go against normal protocol. Bilam had a lot of servants. He should have had his, his servants saddle up his donkey for him. No, he hated the Jews so much. He wanted to do it so much, he did it himself. Similar to Avram Avinu. Avram, Ashura. Chazal tell us, by the Akedah, he takes and saddles his own donkey. What does Rashi say right here? According to Medrash, Amr HaKadosh Baruch Hu Rasha, Kfar Kadam Cha Avraham, Shene'emar Vayashkem Avraham Baboker Vayachavoshes Chamoro. We see all of these. It's all about Avram Avinu. Bilam trying to one-up, trying to be better than Avram Avinu. Or even in the Brachas, Merot Surah Merenu, Mikvos on the bottom line, Ani Mistakel Barashehem, Turning over, Ubetchila Sharashehem, I see in their forefathers, and we don't even have to look further than Perkei Avos. It's a before Mishnah. But put all these Rashis together and then learn the Mishnah. Mishnah tells us in the fifth Avinu. Whoever has these three Midos, they are students, they are followers of Avraham. And whoever doesn't have the three Midos of Avraham, but the opposite, they are Mitalmidav Shalbilam Arasha. So the Mishnah contrasts them. Avraham to Bilam. Ayin tova, ruach nemucha, v'nefesh shefela, a good eye, a positive eye, a lowly spirit, and a self-effacing soul. Mitalmidav shel Avram Avinu. And the opposite, ayin ra, ruach gavoa, nefesh rechava, mitalmidav shebelam arasha. That's the difference. The difference is Bilam versus Avraham. Right? Again, Rabbi Ganak notes. What do you mean? Isn't Bilam versus Moshe? No. It's Bilam versus Avraham. And one other, and then we'll have to explain why. One other, one other. What does it say? There's a phrase, he quotes this. There's a phrase that appears both by Avraham and by, and by Bilam. Line 18, Va'avraham shav limkomo. After Avraham bargains for stone, he does his best, he returns to his place. Shav limkomo. What does it say at the end of our parsha? Vayakam Bilam, Vayashev Limkoma. They both return to their spot. Beautiful lashon that he has here. Echad Makbil Lashini. Avraham Ratzal Lahatzil Ir. Shlohaisa Ruya Lahatzala. Avraham wanted to save a city that wasn't worth saving. Bilam wanted to curse a people that weren't worthy of cursing. Both of them, after the event, that what they wanted to do was rejected. Avravinu begged, and he was not listened to. Stone was still destroyed. Bilam wanted a curse, and he wasn't listened to. A bracha came out. What happened? They both went back to the place they had been originally. Shavlim Kamo. Where was Avram originally? In a state of emuna. Avram was in a state of closeness with Hashem. He went back to being close with Hashem. Even though he wasn't listened to. Even though his tfilos were not answered. Shavlim Komo. He went back. And Bilam. Shavlim Komo. Bilam before was a non-believer. Bilam was a Russia. Bilam hated everything about the Jews. And he went exactly back even though his mouth was just forced to say things that he had no control over. He went back to exactly where he had been beforehand. Avram Shavlim Komo. And Bilav was shav was shavlim kama. Again, so what is the issue? Why did Bilam see himself as Avraham? So one could suggest he says this towards the end a little bit. Bilam wanted not just to destroy, but to uproot. He wanted to go to the roots of Am Yisrael. It's like when somebody has a weed in their garden. If you take out the weed from the top, you just cut the weed. The roots are still in. It's going to come back. It's going to come back. Anybody, if you, if you go to and weed a garden, you take if you get the roots out, you're like, ah, I got the weed out. And now it, it's not going to grow again. Bilam wanted to uproot Am Yisrael. He didn't want to just cut them off. And that's why he wanted to go back to the first Jew. He wanted to go back to Avravino. I'm better than Avravino. I'm going to root him up and root them out. That's Avramavinu versus Bilam. Similar we have in Mesechah's Nadarim, the concept, 
the difference between hafaras habal and hataras nadarim. I'm not going to get into now. One is a cutting from today, and one is an uprooting that it never existed. What Bilam wanted to do was to uproot. And that's why he went back to the first Jew. He went back to compare himself, to try to make himself better than Avram Avinu. And in that way, he would be successful. But HaKadosh Baruch protected us, and we received brachos instead of klaus. Okay. Perachav Beis Pasachav Ches. Another amazing Pasach. We mentioned before, certain psukim don't seem amazing on the surface, but if you think about them, they're pretty amazing. Like we mentioned the Mitzrayim, following the Jews into the water. That's an amazing Pasach. We have another amazing Pasach. Right here. Perachav Beis Pasachav Ches. What happens? Vayiftach Hashem is Hashem opens up the mouth of the donkey. Vatomer Labilam. Why are you hitting me? Why are you hitting me? Shalosh Regalim three times. We discussed six years ago. Why it's a Shalosh Regalim here. Rashi quotes, This Am that's Chogig Shalosh Regalim Bashana, the Shem from a number of years ago. Not for now again. But he says, why do you hit me three times? What, is, what's, what should be the next reaction? And Bilam faints on the spot. That should be the next Pasuk. The donkey started talking to him. If the donkey starts talking to anybody, that should be the normal reaction. If your car starts talking to you, right, that should be the normal reaction. And Bilam takes it all in stride. The Yomer Bilam Lasson. Bilam says, I'll explain it to you very well. Ki is allowed to be. You've been embarrassing me. Lu If I had a sword in my hand, I would kill you right now. And the obvious question that all the Mepharshim ask is, why didn't Bilam react? an animal just started talking to Bilam, having a normal conversation with a Bilam. And Bilam does not react. Bilam just has the conversation with the animal. What happened? He's a human being. He's a Russia. But he's a human being. And a donkey's just talked to him. What exactly are we supposed to learn from this? What was it that happened to Bilam here? And what could we take with us? Cesar Schwab source number six. Right? Anybody who learns this, he puts it in the context of the Medrash we spoke about before. Anybody who learns these took him, especially with the Medrash of, he was the greatest Navi in the history of the world, along with Moshe Rabbeinu, would, would start wondering here. He's a smart guy. And yet, he doesn't think it's strange that the donkey spoke to him. He thinks that it's just a regular conversation. He was zochet to this. HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave him this, this unbelievable power. Right? As, we, as the Rav Schwab explains. It's unbelievable power. But the question is, let's go to line 16. It's a big wonder. When Hashem spoke to him and said, Who are these people with you? He was chutzpedik to Hashem. And said, oh, Balak sent him to me. So he's carrying on conversations with God. And now, he doesn't say a word. Literally, he stays in his cold state. With his stone heart. The donkey opened his mouth. And this was created, as we know from Perky Avos, Mishesis who was created. Line 28. In the place of, of trembling that should, that should encapsulate him and take over, he starts talking to him. What is going on here? Says Rav Schwab. Ukinir line 32. Part, we have a similar, not a similar idea, but a parallel idea by Paro. Hardening his heart. Remember the Rambam and Yilcheshuvah says sometimes people can reach such a level that part of their punishment is that Hashem does not give them any special hashgacha siyata deshmaya and hardening the heart is a, is a natural part of the punishment, the Rambam says in Yilcheshuvah. Says Rav Schwab right here, part of the punishment of a Russia is that if he is so cold naturally, Hashem will make him stay cold even if it's something that should take him out of being in that state. That's part of the Onish. 
Ukeneresh is there, Ones for Rishoyim, Hahokim Bishrivas Libam, Veinam is Gabrim, Arause Nehem, Vechemdas Lavavam. They don't try to overcome their personal Taivas. Ela Adarab Ebershus Lavavam. They follow their heart, they follow their, their whatever they desire. They become animalistic and physical and nothing inspires them. The most amazingly inspiring experience doesn't affect them because they, they, they've become so cold to anything inspirational and spiritual. They've closed off their heart. last four lines. Just like Hashem took away the sense of taste from the snake, he doesn't taste what he eats, so too by an Adam Rasha, Hashem takes away the sense of being mispael, the sense of being inspired and affected and changed and uplifted by an experience. That's part of the Onesh. So you're right, says Rav Schwab. Naturally, under all circumstances, Bilam should have been affected by the dunk, talking donkey. But that was part of the Onesh. Why was it part of the Onesh? Rashwab just has one more line. When we spend all day taking and taking and taking and not giving at all, that's the result of it. That's the result. Look at the right side of the page. Ubiya Inyan. This belongs after the bottom. Shaha Adam Shurak Mikabel Velo Mashpia. Somebody who just accepts and takes all day. He spends his whole day being machnis into himself and not giving. Then he loses. He loses that effect of having an effect on himself. He's just busy filling himself with gashmias. There's no room for ruchnius. And that's why Bilam, Bilam wasn't affected. It's our job in life Rav Schwab finishes off, to allow ourselves to be affected. To raise our awareness to events around us. To take them as messages that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to give, trying to give us. Hopefully in positive ways and sometimes in not positive ways. But realize HaKadosh Baruch Hu is always talking to us. And he goes to Rambam and Hilchus Yisodiyah Torah. We've mentioned this many times. The Rambam says, you want to see HaKadosh Baruch Hu? Just open your eyes. Open your eyes. Opening our eyes will lead to Avas Hashem and to Yeras Hashem. The Rambam says, line five, on the next page, Heich hua aderech la'avaso v'yeraso b'shashi yispon adam b'maisa v'ruven eflaim. Study a science textbook. Think about the solar system. Think about the animal kingdom. Think about everything, how everything works in life. The human body, biology, chemistry, anything. The perfect world. That will lead to, like, realize HaKadosh Baruch Hu. will bring us close and will bring us far at the same time. We'll realize the vastness of the universe and that I am a tiny little blip on the screen of God's world. But on the other hand, the tremendous Hashkach HaPratis that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has, just looking around, will be inspiring. He quotes Rav Yerucham. Rav Yerucham says, says we just, a lot of times we just don't think about what we're doing. Yerucham says, every, on every cup of water that we drink, we shouldn't say shahako. Right? We should be saying shakoko graso maliolam. On every drink of water. Kodesh Baruch Hu is awesome. But we just, we're just not affected. Chazal knew we have to deal in reality, so we have to make other brachas and leave koko graso for certain events. But says Yerucham, we have to realize what life's about. And he even says in Yonah Dioma, we're now in Tammuz. He says, we think of Tishabav. At the end of Kinos on Tishabav, the end of Kinos, the last Kino that almost every shul sings together is Elitzion. Elitzion, Vyareha, cry for Tzion and its cities, Kamoisha, Bitsireha, like a woman in childbirth. Talk about that every year. Says Rabbi Yerucham, he quotes on the top left, he says a lot of times people think like this is like a, a song of comfort. At the end of, at the end of Kinos, we get up and what do we do? Kamohilula Vachinga, Shafar Nigma Mirsakinos. Okay, now we're finished. They don't know what the words mean. You know what the words of Elitzion is? We need to keep crying. We need to be affected by Tisha B'av. We need to be affected by everything around us, by everything we experience. That's what we learned from Bilam. He was the opposite. He was not affected. He stayed cold. We have to try to go through life trying to get the messages 
of as many experiences as we can, let Hashem use them to get closer to HaKadosh Baruch. Okay. Moving right along. Perek Chavbez Pasaglamid. There is a famous medrash that we've spoken about in the past, and most people speak about this medrash, Parshas Vayigash. But the medrash is about Parshas Vayigash and Parshas Balak. So we need to give it its proper due also here in Parshas Balak and not just in Parshas Vayigash. Let's remember what the thought is from Parshas Vayigash, and then we're going to have to apply it. The Bear Yosef, Yosef Misalant, right here, quotes the medrash. The medrash is from Abba Kohen Bardala, probably the most well-known statement that he made in all of Medrash. Abba Kohen Bardala. Bar Yosef quotes the Medrash. Second line of the Medrash. Oy lanu miyomadin, oy lanu miyomatochecha. Woe is to us from the day of judgment after 120 years. Woe is to us. What do we have to be so worried about? Says the Medrash. Bilam chacham shel hagoyim. Bilam was the smartest of the nine, of the Umos Ha'olam. Lo yacholamon mitochachto shalasono. He couldn't answer his donkey. His donkey said, have I ever done anything wrong with you before? Asking his kanti? What did he say? No. Bilam had no answer to his donkey. Fourth line. Yosef, k'tanon shal shvatim haya. Yosef was the youngest compared to the other Shvatim, besides Binyamin. And when he gave them Tochacha, in Vayigash, they couldn't answer him. Why? What does it say? The brothers couldn't answer him because they were scared. So Bilam couldn't answer the donkey. The brothers couldn't answer Yosef. And when Hashem comes, and gives us all rebuke, surely we have to be nervous and surely we have to prepare for that ultimate awesome day. So this is the Medrash that's spoken by, about by a lot of Mepharshim and Parshim Yigash. The most common answer given, it's known as the thought of the Beis HaLevi. Here the Bar Yosef just quotes it anonymously, but the Beis HaLevi is one of the ones that made this thought famous. What's the question? The question is, what was the Musr that Yosef gave his brothers? All Yosef said was five words. Ani Yosef ha'od avichai. That's all Yosef said. I'm Yosef, is my father still alive? And the brothers couldn't answer. And the question that all the Mepharshim deal with is, what was the tochacha that the Medrash is referring to? So says the Beis HaLevi, and he quotes it here the, from the Mepharshim, line four on the right side, Biaru ha'kavana, the nature of a person when he does anything, a person who is always on themselves. It's human nature that we're moraheter. If we can't do something, we always have a good excuse. When somebody else is not doing it, they have no excuse. Right? We have a we have a we, we judge people differently and we judge ourselves differently. But says the Bar Yosef, says the Beis Alevi. HaKadosh Baruch Hu knows our entire life. And the ultimate tochacha is going to be within our lives itself. And the lack of consistency. Hopefully we'll all be consistent. But it could be that sometimes in our life we're not so consistent. We say we have no time in life. But we have time for certain things. We say we have no money in life. But we have money for certain things. The ultimate tochacha, says the Beis Alevi, says the Bar Yosef, is the lack of consistency in our life. Hashem's not going to say, why weren't we like so-and-so? Hashem's going to say, why weren't we like ourselves? That's the ultimate. And that's exactly what Yosef HaTzadik was saying. Ani Yosef What was Yosef saying? You're so worried about your father now. You don't want me to take Binyamin? And what about 22 years ago? You weren't so worried. You're, you're you can't take Binyamin. And what happened when you sold me? You aren't so worried. The ultimate tochacha is within our own life, the lack of consistency. We have to make our lives consistent. But that's the ultimate. So that's the thought that said many times, Parshas Vayigash. The question that the Bar Yosef now asks is, if we take that thought in the Medrash, that's the pshat of Yosef's tochacha to his brothers. So how does that parallel to the donkey's tochacha to Bilam? That's the question. 
that the Ber Yosef asks. This is such a great word, it's a tremendous thought that everybody talks about Vayigash. But what about the other line of the Medrash? The do- Bilam couldn't answer the donkey. How was the donkey saying that Bilam wasn't being consistent in his life? That's the question of the Ber Yosef. Turning over on the bottom right. Line 23. Up till here, he just quoted the thought that we've quoted in the past. Ulam b'derech zeyivuar rakal tochachto shal Yosef lechav. Aval einu mavur adayin b'kan masha amar bilam chacham shal agoyim lo yagolamo mitochachto shal asono. Where do we see what's the tochacha that the donkey gives Bilam? And Bilam cannot answer. Says the bear Yosef. Says, no, he's also saying he's not consistent. He's also saying that, Bilam, you are not consistent and you have no right to do what you're doing. L'chora yesh ladas, line 31. Machat Bilam bako soas asono, shochi chachto alzeh. What did Bilam do wrong? That the donkey turns around and says, Bilam, why are you hitting me? You're allowed to hit an animal to walk. Right? There's no, as long as you're not torturing an animal, it's kind of tzar balechayim, but it's part of leading an animal. You hit the animal to walk in a certain way. So what did Bilam do wrong? What was the donkey saying to Bilam? Stop hitting me. That's what you do to animals. And also the malach. Why are you hitting the donkey? Well, if a donkey's not moving, that's what you do to a donkey. What's the problem? Second column. Says the very Yosef, unbelievable. When is a person allowed to use an animal for his own benefit? To hit an animal for his own benefit? If he's acting like a human being. So then he has dominion over the animal kingdom. But if somebody is acting like an animal then they have no right to have dominion over other animals. That's the inconsistency that the donkey is telling Bilam. You were hitting me? But what do you mean you're hitting me? Look at what your life's about. Line 8. Ulam, imam nam sheyesh laha adam lishlot, ulurados bebeima, avokoze udafka adam hu bemalas adam. When a person is the mylaw of a person, but if somebody lives like an animal, if somebody has physical relations with an animal, as Chazal say Bilam did, if somebody behaves like an animal, then you have no right to hit me, Bilam. That's what the donkey was saying. The exact type, same type of message that the Yosef gave his brothers, Bilam, you're being inconsistent. And that's exactly what the Medrash is telling us. Okay. A couple more thoughts that we have on specific sukkim here in Parsha's Balak. Balak, um, Balak takes Bilam to a couple of places in order to try to curse the Jews. First place, Perachavez, Pasig Mem Aleph. First place he takes him to, Vahiva Boker, Vahikach Bilak El Bilam, Bayaleu, Bamos Baal. He takes him to Baal, one of the more famous gods of the nations. Takes him to Baal, Pasuk Chaf, Pasuk Mem Alf. Number one. Number two, Chaf Gimel Yudalid. He takes him, Vayikachayu, stay, Tsofim. Takes him to a place called Sofim. And finally, third, Pasuk Chaf Ches, a couple of Sukkim later, Vayikach Balak Bilam, Rosh Hapaor. Takes him to Baal Pa'or. Takes him to Pa'or. So he takes him to first to Baal, second to Tsofim, and then to Pa'or. Asks Rav Shamshun Rafal Hirsch, what is the message of these three places? It's obviously not haphazard that Balak is saying, go here and now try to curse them. There must be some element that is symbolic in these names. Says Rav Hirsch, source number 10, source number 11. Baal is the rain god. Baal is the god of nature, the god of Parnassa, the god of physicality, Gashmi Brachos. The first place that Balak takes Bilam to is the world of Baal. Maybe the Jews aren't worthy relating to their physical world, relating to their Gashmi side. That's why he takes him here first. 
By leading Bilam to the heights of Baal, he posed the question, in what relation does this nation stand regarding the material factor of its life in the favor of God who has the power to direct it? Maybe they don't have such a strong, pure relationship relating to their Parnassah, to their Gashmias. And he failed. Right? A bracha comes out. Next try. Let's try Sofim. What is Sofim? Sofer, we know, is to see, to discern. Discernment is a reflection of thinking deeply about something. It's not what you see in front of you, the Gashmias. It's the world of Ruchnias, the world of spirituality, the world of knowledge, of insight and foresight, he discusses. Maybe in the world of Ruchnias, they have it, they're not deserving. And that's why he takes him to Tzofim. Maybe it means even uh, other ways that Sofim is to be seen by others that they're different. In any case, Sofim, he tries there too, it also doesn't work. So in the world of Gashmis it doesn't work, in the world of Ruchmis it doesn't work. What else is there? What else is there? He takes him to Pa'or. Takes him to Pa'or, which we'll get to also in the next thought. But what is the power of Pa'or? Says Rav Hirsch, Pa'or is the Obviously, we know the symbol of immorality, the symbol of, we spoke about this, I think, last year, the symbol of no rules. The Avodah of Pa'or was that you could do whatever you want. There were no rules. That was the rule. We know Pa'or, they relieved themselves in front of the idol. You could do whatever you want. So maybe in the world of having no rules, they are somewhat... Able, able, somewhat, uh, Kodesh Baruch Hu doesn't, doesn't trust them as much and their relationship with the Kodesh Baruch Hu in that area, susceptible to a klala there. And again, and did it work? What's the answer? Matovu Olacha Yaakov, Yisrael. Matovu, don't try to start up with them right now. Bilam knew that this was the way that he was going to get them eventually, but at least at this stage, where he tried to curse them before he tried to physically get involved with them, this is the message of the three: the Baal, the the Tzofim, and the and the Paar. Last two thoughts for the evening. Let's focus on the end of the parsha. The end of the parsha is really the beginning of the next parsha. Pinchas's actions are in this parsha. Parsha's Pinchas is just the aftermath of the Misa Pinchas. The Misa Pinchas is at the end of our parsha. Parsha's Balak. How is it, as Rav Sarotskin, as the Aznaim Latora, that Am Yisrael fell so quickly, so low? They were just in a state where Bilam gives them the brachos of Lo Hibit Oven Biyakov, Lo Ramo Biyisrael, Matobo Alecha Yaakov. Unbelievable state Am Yisrael were in at this moment. And yet they fell. And yet what happened? We know the story. Benos Moab. What happens at the end of the parsha? Vayeshev Yisrael b'shitim. Vayachalam l'znos al benos Moab. They start having znos. Vatekrenalam l'zevchei Eloheim. They called to the Jews to their gods. Vayochal. They ate with them. They bowed down to their gods. Vayichrav Hashem. How did it happen so quickly? It says the Zayin Torah two ideas. Two quick thoughts. Number one. Says the Azayim LaTorah. Line number ten. Shekain darko shalas elashelas satan lahapilas adamat maat. Says the Azayim LaTorah. Look in Rashi. Look in Chazal. Look in the Gemara and Sanhedrin. It didn't happen overnight. The satan makes us takes makes us take baby steps in the wrong direction. He doesn't take us overnight to say, "Oh, eat a piece of tray." He doesn't do that. And Bilam, who was the satan, who was the symbol of the Mahti par excellence, what did he do? He knew he couldn't get them. Slowly. What happens? First he puts up a uh, sign. Great food! Kosher food! Did Bnei Yisrael need food? They had the man. Did they need clothing? Great, cheap clothing! Did they need clothing? Their clothing grew with them. There was nothing worn out. But there was a Shemetz. There was a Shemetz, there was an opening. And Am Yisrael went to the stores to see what was going on. And Chazal tell us, Rashi quotes part of it, that outside the stores, there were some older women that were there. 
that said, oh, you want a great deal? Go inside. My daughter has a great deal inside. Even cheaper food. And slowly but surely, Am Yisrael were led in, and Rechman al-Etzlan, the Znus took place. But what was the root problem? Step by step. Letting in a little bit. And that is why, says Rav Saratskin, we have to be so careful to always make sure that we're strong and we don't let any crack in our spiritual armor. Because once that occurs, a little bit of late davening here, a little bit of not taking this so seriously, a little bit of that, so then it could snowball. We have to make sure we stay strong. We stay strong, and the more we take baby steps in the other direction, it works in our favor. Because baby steps in the other direction also snowball. Little Kabbalahs, little things. Number one. Number two says, Tazayin la Torah, one word, one line, the Koach of Znus. The strongest Yetzahara that a man has is in the world of Arayos. The strongest Yetzahara. Says Tazayin la Torah, Arayos should never surprise us. There are more Halachos that are there as Gedarim for Arayos than any other area of Halacha. How many Isurei Durabanan are there in Avodah Zarah? Not so many. Most of Daraisa. Most of Daraisa. How many Isurei Durabanan are there against murder? Right, not, not so many. How many Isurei Durabanan are there in the world of Arayos? Many halachas of Yichud, many halachas of Negiya, those that are not Daraisa. Other halachas of separation between men and women. Because the world of Arayos, says the Azayim Torah, could work very quickly very dangerously. And we have to do our best to stay strong and follow Chazal in all of their instructions and directions to make sure that, again, this area of Halacha, we create B'Kedusha. Right? When a husband and wife get married, Kedushin. Because using this area of Halacha in a positive way is Kedusha. Rechaman al-Islam, the opposite, is the world of Arayos. And then the final thought for tonight. That's from Rav Sternbach and Tam Vadas. Pinchas is on the scene. Pinchas runs to Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe is not sure what to do. Pinchas says, didn't you teach us that this is what you have to do? Kanan Poginbo. Moshe, the leader of the Jewish people for 40 years, says, Pinchas, great idea. Go for it. What should have been Moshe's reaction? Moshe was the leader. Pinchas, you're right! And Moshe should have run onto the field. And what happens? Pinchas, great idea. Go for it. What was Moshe shirking his responsibility for? There was a terrible chait happening in Am Yisrael. And Moshe, okay, for whatever reason, Hashem makes him that he does not remember what the halacha is. Pinchas comes, or maybe it's not so clear that he didn't remember the halacha, but whatever it is, Pinchas said it. And Moshe says, okay, great, do it. Why did Moshe just, just step onto the stage? Says Rav Sternbach, again two ideas, we'll focus on the first one. He quotes the Baali Musr. Moshe, in his, on his level of Taras Hamidos, was nervous. He was nervous to do it himself. Why? He thought there might be a Shemetz of personal affront that he felt after what was happening in front of him, as we know, Cosby and Zimri were proving Moshe wrong, saying, oh, how could you take your wife? How could this be the case? They were proving him wrong. It was a personal attack against Moshe Rabbeinu, what they were doing. Moshe didn't want to do it himself. Either, says Rav Sternbach, because he himself felt a little, he, he was an Ogeabadover. A little personal revenge might be part of the act and he didn't want that. Or, a little differently, even if he was pure, maybe other people might have thought that. And we always have to focus not only on what we're doing, but what other people are going to think of our actions. And if other people are going to look at our actions in a negative way, in a way that will bring Chilol Hashem, then we have to stop and we have to make sure we don't go through with it. And that was the godless of Moshe Rabbeinu. Either formulation. Either because he was worried about himself or he was worried about others, what we, they would think 
about his actions. In either case, says Rav Sturmach, that was the level of Moshe, of Moshe Rabbeinu. Just, I'll, I'll throw in the, the last one and then we'll, and then we'll finish. The, the second shot is that, why did Moshe want to do it? Because Moshe didn't want people to think that you have to be a Moshe Rabbeinu to step onto the stage. He didn't want them to think that you have to be the greatest leader in Jewish history, which Moshe was the greatest on of, but he still knew who he was. He didn't want people to think that you got to be a Moshe Rabbeinu. Because any one of us can make the greatest difference. As we spoke about last week, one person can make such a tremendous difference. Such a tremendous difference. Just to end off as we started, the three Kedoshim, Le'ilu Nishmasam, Levayas tomorrow morning. The three Kedoshim did more through their death than many of us do through our lifetime. The Achtus that they created, the tremendous feeling amongst Am Yisrael that they brought, the one little one little Nechama that we could take and that we could work on is to continue with the feelings that Am Yisrael have now. The feelings of Amechad, the feelings of one family, Kaddish Baruch Hu should look down upon Am Yisrael and realize, we should first look at a Kaddish Baruch Hu and realize the koch of every person. We don't have to be a Moshe Rabbeinu. Three people who nobody knew about beforehand. And look what they accomplished. Not even by actions of their own. But we have to realize what each Yachid could do. And that's what Moshe Rabbeinu was telling us. By not stepping onto the stage. In the end of our parsha, Hashem should give koach to all of Am Yisrael to continue and Ben Hashem, we should be Zohar to the Gula Shlema and the Herav Yameh.